Hey guys, and welcome back to Gals Getting Rich. I'm your host, Vatsa. And I'm your host, Maeve. And today we're going to talk about credit card strategies. The do's and don'ts, what is it, and how we approach them. I want to give a quick disclaimer. Credit cards are not for everyone. If you have problems with spending more money than you can afford to spend, then please consider whether having a credit card is right for you. We're not going to get into the nitty gritty about what a credit card is or anything like that. So please use your best judgment. And another disclaimer really quick, Vatsa and I, we are very well informed about our credit cards and our strategies, and we're very confident in what we are doing. Our methods are not for everyone. We have some general tips that are good for everyone, absolutely everyone. But we do make some moves that I would say are a bit more kind of sore. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. Um, yeah, like I think I definitely would put a disclaimer and say that the credit cards that I go for are typically ones that are offering super high sign-on bonuses. So just because I have this credit card at this point in time does not mean that that is the best credit card to go after right now because it's constantly changing. All of these companies are constantly adding new promotions and doing different things. So that's like one thing to keep an eye out and be mindful of as well. Yeah. And Let's go ahead and jump right in. So credit cards, I love credit cards. You can use them to buy stuff. You can earn rewards, points, cash back. You can build your credit score to save on mortgage interest rates, car insurance rates, and much more. I love credit cards so much. It's been like my more recent, like, um, what do you call it? Like your recent obsession. I like love reading credit card articles online. There are lots of benefits to having a credit card beyond just accruing points with them, such as the auxiliary benefits, such as lounge access, travel insurance, payment protection, as well as just helping you build credit and raise your credit score in the long run. Yeah, and a lot of terms we're going to throw around, and we're just going to assume that people are learning from this, but I'm sure a lot of you already know this, is your interest rate or your APR is your annual percentage rate. That's the rate of interest a credit card holder will be charged on the balance if the full amount isn't paid on or before the due date. So that's kind of one part of our credit card strategy, which we'll go into later. One other cool thing that I wanted to mention is being an authorized user. So what is an authorized user? An authorized user is a person who has permission to use and or carry another person's credit card, but isn't legally responsible for paying the bill. I know when I turned 16, my dad actually put me on his credit card as an authorized user so I could use it to buy gas because you know me driving around town and like it was really for emergencies I honestly rarely used it but it was just like oh if you get stuck somewhere you can use it for gas or an emergency or whatever and so I had access to this and then I realized that being on that credit card for so many years before I was even thinking about applying for my own credit card it actually helped my credit score Because one way to improve your credit score is the amount of time you've had an account open. And another thing that we're going to touch into later is how long you should keep an account open or how often you should close an account. Yes, that's one of my favorite things to talk about. I know generally like our strategy overall is definitely pay off your entire balance every month. This will keep you from paying unnecessary interest. And again, like I think you should treat credit cards like a business. You need to be profiting, not the bank's. And if you're paying more money in fees or in interest, you are effectively paying for someone else's rewards. And so paying it off, check your credit report once a year to make sure there's no scammy stuff happening. I think a couple of our strategies, mine and Maeve's, totally match up. Like 
For example, do pay off your credit card balance every month. This will keep you from paying unnecessary interest, which honestly can be as high as 25%, which is crazy. We thought inflation was bad. Look at these interest rates. Um, But you definitely need to treat your credit cards like a business. Like I said, you need to be profiting, not the banks. And so maybe I know you have your credit card strategies. We can just take turns and bounce, bounce back and forth. And I know some of ours overlap, so it's good. Our next strategy is to keep your credit limit high enough so that your spending is less than 30% of your credit limit. This is called your utilization rate or your credit utilization rate, and it's just a percentage of your credit limit that you are spending every month. It's that simple. When you keep it below 30%, you're optimizing yourself to have the highest credit score that you can have. Yeah, and just to add on to that, if you have a low credit limit, keep your purchases small while you build your credit up. That'll definitely help you get to that good credit score as time goes on. And every year, you should be contacting your credit card provider and updating your salary information in their app or on their website, and then asking for a credit limit increase to reflect your new pay. Or even just after a year, if your pay hasn't changed, just by being a loyal customer who pays in full on time every month, they will reward you with a higher credit limit. So just be responsible and your limit will go up over time. All right, next up is do watch out for annual fees. Do not let these sneak up on you. Some credit cards are free, which is awesome, but then other ones have annual fees, which typically have benefits that let you kind of balance out that annual fee, which makes them worth it. But if you're not using that credit card, you're not benefiting from the annual fee. Also, you know, late fees, for example, don't let late fees sneak up on you as well. Make sure you're turning on auto pay. Make sure you're paying your your bills on time. My next tip is to slowly build up your credit card portfolio over time. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And I think it's best to not apply for like four credit cards at once. You want to apply for one, establish good habits, get the hang of it, and then apply for your next one. And only add on another credit card when you are ready and if you want to. doesn't matter if someone else wants you to open up another credit card. It's a personal decision. And I know a lot of people who really like just having one credit card that all their purchases go on, and it makes it easy to pay their bills at the end of the month, and that's totally up to them. So you do you, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. Another thing that you can do is check your credit report at least once. A really cool free website is called annualcreditreport.com, and you can request your credit report for free from each of the three credit report providers once a year. So like, for example, in January, I could request it from Experian. June, I could request it from TransUnion if I wanted to. So, you know, it's, it's really cool. It's a free resource. Definitely worth checking, especially if you have a common name. For example, if your name is John Smith, chances are there could be a mistake on your credit report and you never want somebody else who's missing a payment affecting you in a negative way. And you'd think people would have it together considering everything is based off of your social security and all these things, but it's actually super common for people who have similar last names or similar names or even like the same name. So definitely one thing to just look out for and be aware of because then taking those mistakes off takes time and that could run into some trouble if you were trying to apply for housing or something like that, you would run into some issues and nobody wants to deal with that headache. Yeah, one thing I learned about recently is that within the three credit card unions, TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax, you can actually make an account. And then through that account, you can freeze your credit. 
So if anyone tries to steal your social security number and apply for a credit card, any inquiries towards your social security number will get shut down. This is a random tip, but I think this is really good to know. If you are looking to buy a home within a year or so, do not open up another credit card. Your lender will be pretty cranky when they see that you recently opened up a credit card. I would say the year, a year out is when you should stop applying for credit cards from the point of when you think you will be purchasing a home. Banks don't like this. Lenders don't like this. So make sure that you're not making any moves with your credits when you're about to take out a really big loan. Because I think getting a house is probably one of the biggest loans you'll ever take out. Maybe student loans. Those are pretty expensive too. Yeah. Also with credit cards, you want to make sure you're getting paid with points and rewards. Like I cannot emphasize enough that this is how you profit. Like if you don't want to get a fee card, don't get it. But like trying to make sure you're at least getting a card where you're getting 2% cash back or, or something at that level. Because at the end of the day, the whole concept is for you to make more money. Yeah. Wait, this is random. I think one of the best credit cards for people who want to upgrade but aren't sure what they want out of a credit card is the City Double Cash. Have you heard of this one? Yeah, I think I have heard of it. I don't have one though. The City Double Cash has no annual fee and it gets you 2% back on all purchases. So if you're like not ready to start doing travel hacking through your credit card points to redeem them on travel portals, and you just want to stick to a cash back card, I think the city one is really good. I know a lot of my friends use it and they just apply the cash back towards their statement every month and then they get 2% off. Make sure you're using your credit card like you're using your debit card. So just because you have the credit line and have more money, you want to make sure you're not going overboard on spending. So that is something to always keep in mind is I always try to make sure that I have the money in my bank account like before I'm going to put like a giant purchase on because the worst thing is having a balance left over because then that's how you end up going into major credit card debt. That is major, major advice. I know for me, when I was first getting my credit cards, I found the easiest way to pay them off and like to keep up to date with my balance was just by having the app on my phone. It's so easy to just log in really quick and see exactly what your balance is. And then you can see your bank account balance if you log into your bank's app. And it's easy to keep up with that rule when you can easily compare at the blink of an eye. I think what you are saying before, though, Batsa, that points and rewards is how you profit off credit cards is so true. The auxiliary benefits are great, but they're not you know, building a profit for you as much as the rewards are. The juiciest rewards, in my opinion, are the travel rewards. I think they go way further, dollar for dollar, than cash back. Although cash back is great. I have nothing against it. Some people book round trip flights to Europe completely free through their travel rewards. Yeah, no, I am all about credit cards and just like using it as a way for supplemental income. I think, too, when it comes to credit cards, one big thing that everyone worries about is your credit score. And I think your credit score is important, but it's only important if you're looking to apply for some sort of loan, whether that be a home, auto, or like if you're trying to finance a couch. I know, Maeve, you finance, did you finance your couch or did you pay it in full? I know you have a really nice couch. Yeah, I financed it and I financed it for 12 months, 0% APR. It was worth it though because it built up my credit. That's the other thing that's weird about credit is that having different kinds of loans does help you build your credit. 
the first kind of loan you're going to end up getting is through your starter credit card. But then when you start expanding to different areas of getting loans, then you can really show depth to your persona as a consumer. And the credit reporting agencies really like that. So my dad, I think my dad has a really good way of talking about credit scores. I think a lot of people take credit scores personally as if it's a reflection of you and your personal finance knowledge, but it really isn't. Like It's just a score that's given out to lenders and banks to show how good of a consumer you are and how likely you are to pay back your loans. That's all it is. It's not a reflection on you. My dad always said that you should think of it almost like like a dampening harmonic oscillator. It's going to kind of be going out of equilibrium at first. Okay, so even think about a ball attached to a string dangling from the ceiling, just like a pendulum, okay? The pendulum is just sitting there doing nothing. But then as soon as you go and you touch the pendulum or your credit score, it's going to move a little bit and it's going to go up, it's going to go down, positive, negative, it's going to sway back and forth. But eventually, just like a dampening harmonic oscillator, it will slowly find its way back to equilibrium at rest in the middle. But with credit scores, your middle then changes to a higher credit score if you are demonstrating good consumer behavior. I like how my dad would always say this to me because when you open up a new credit card, your credit score does tank like initially, like it could tank like 20 points, I don't know, maybe more. And it's kind of scary at first and you feel like, oh, did I do something wrong? But as long as you are confident in your decisions and you know exactly what you're doing, you're going to keep maintaining your good consumer habits of paying on time in full every month, then your credit score will come to an equilibrium and hopefully it will be a higher equilibrium than it was before. So don't let it stress you out. It's not a reflection on you. This isn't school anymore. This is just lenders being nosy about you. That's so interesting, dude. Thank you. Maeve, tell me, what is your favorite credit card? I am not big into the whole credit card churning because I feel like having too many cards honestly stresses me out or it's like too much to keep track of, but it does sound super enticing. I know when Chase had their big promo way back when and I was just starting out my consultant job, I was like, okay, yes, I'm going to game the points. And so I did get the Chase Sapphire Reserve. And then recently the Delta Sky Miles Platinum had a huge bonus, like 90,000 miles. So then I was like, okay, like it's a, it's a pretty low annual fee. The benefits check out. So if a card has a big bonus, I definitely think I want to try to take advantage of it like every couple of years just to like space out my big cards. But definitely have kept it simple with minimal cards. So these aren't recommendations. They're just cards that I've opened in the last like three years. However, in college, I had two cards. I had the Discover Student It, which is awesome. It had really good cash back. And then at the time, Uber had a credit card, which they actually discontinued. So now it's like a Barclays card. And that one's not as good. I barely use it, to be honest. But it it was really hyped. Like the Uber one, like it had no fee. I took it to Europe and it was like the best card ever. Like I think they paid for my Amazon Prime and like all of these Uber cash. Like it makes sense why they discontinued because they were honestly probably losing money. But definitely for at least those three. And I know Maeve has some cool credit cards too like we can drop our referral links in our description yeah and i actually have a semi-hot take on the discover it card the discover it card is a fantastic starter credit card i think it's one of the best on the market i know graham stefan always talks about 
how it's one of his favorite starter credit cards. But the thing with starter credit cards is that they help you build up your credit, but then their rewards and perks are just not as good as the other credit cards on the market that are not beginner cards. So after some time, you do want to upgrade, but then you shouldn't be closing your old credit card accounts. Now, why, you might ask? Closing your credit card accounts shows that you're a bit fickle as a consumer and that you're kind of oscillating between your decisions, opening credit lines, closing them. It's not a good look. But also, one of the biggest factors into your credit score is what is your credit line compared to your income. It's similar to your debt-to-income ratio. The higher credit limit you have, the better. And obviously, as your credit limit goes up and you keep your spending the same, your credit utilization rate will go down because you're spending less your credit limit. So you don't want to close any of your credit cards, especially the oldest credit card. That is going to show the age of your credit history, and that is going to have a huge dent on your credit score if you cancel your first credit card. So I know a lot of people who graduated college are left with the Discover It card, and they're like, what do I do? What I ended up doing was I made my boyfriend an authorized user on it, and we live together, and we now call it our corporate card, which is where we put our together purchases. So that's anything like groceries, going to dinner together, running to the store to get more toilet paper, anything like that. But I'm, I'm keeping the card active so it doesn't get closed on me, but found a way to repurpose it while still using my other credit cards for other purchases. But you did ask me before about uh, what my favorite credit card is, and mm-hmm. you're talking about the Chase Sapphire Reserve. And I, at the time, the CSR was the hottest on the market. Yeah, at the time. I think it's because everybody was traveling and moving around back then. And then I think yeah. during COVID, I actually have considered downgrading to the Platinum. I think the Reserve, I'm still traveling enough personally to keep it. So I haven't downgraded just yet. But I also have been considering the MX Gold or Platinum, whichever one that one is. So we'll see what ends up happening. Check in with me in six months because... The other thing too, it's like with the Chase Sapphires, I think you have to redeem your points while you have, like you can't just hoard the points and then get the same value. You get a specific value tier based off of the card that you have. So that's actually something that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So for history on the, what we're talking about, Chase Sapphire Reserve is like the premium card that Chase offers. When we started our jobs in 2019, the annual fee was $450. And with the perks that the card gave you at the time, it far exceeded $450. And it was like a no-brainer card for anyone looking to travel a lot to get. And for us as consultants who are always booking Ubers, planes, and expensing out dinners, it was like the perfect, perfect credit card. But then the pandemic hit and Chase always had this plan of the CSR being a bait and switch card. They were trying to become the largest credit card provider in the country, and they made the annual fee a little too good to be true, and it was. And they raised their annual fee to like $550, right, Batsa? Yeah, it's it's up there now. Yeah, and then they changed the benefits. like the, They restructured their whole rewards program, and I remember they added Dash Pass, which I actually use, but not everyone does, and it was kind of making people mad, and so they were downgrading. But- Chase didn't care. They knew it was going to happen, but they secured credit card users in their system 
And even if they downgrade it to the Choose Freedom Unlimited, which is their free credit card, they still have that user. Oh, wow. But yeah, the Amex Platinum, is that the most expensive credit card? I don't know. I think so. That one is up to six fifty. Yeah, it's expensive. But Amex has really interesting perks that is hard to quantify how much that means to you. So it really just depends on what you want as a person because these auxiliary benefits like lounge access, that might not mean anything to someone who happily sits right by the gate. But to someone who wants, you know, a relaxing place to sit down in a place to get free coffee, that could mean that could be a value of like $300 a year, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And and you get like your rewards for travel. So you get like 300 bucks for the Chase Sapphire Reserve. And I'm pretty sure the Amex Gold has a very similar whole cashback thing, not cashback thing, but like, oh, if you spend money in this category, we'll give you this much statement credit. Yeah, yeah, totally. The CSP, Chase Sapphire Preferred, has $50 hotel credit, which I don't think I ever used. So I'm not doing a good job. (laughs) Another hot take. I have two more hot takes on credit cards. So first one, I used to think that it was really bad to have lots of credit cards. I feel like I heard growing up that you should only have like four credit cards. And I think that makes sense to some people. I think once you have more than four credit cards, it can get overwhelming keeping up with paying off each one every month. But I've since changed my mind. I also thought having too many credit cards would hurt your credit score, but I've since changed my mind. You can have as many credit cards as you can responsibly manage on a monthly basis. So whatever that number is for you of like, I feel comfortable having 10 credit cards or 12, as long as you're keeping track and you're being responsible, that's awesome. I know a lot of people who do credit card churning, they end up having dozens of credit cards and the way they do it is you can request your credit card provider to change your statement date to whatever day of the month you want and they will change it in your next statement so these people get all their credit cards statements to come on the same day of the month and then they do all their credit card business on one day and that's how they don't get behind but the trick with having lots of credit cards is that You don't want to open up a credit card and not use it. That doesn't look good because you just opened it and it's not active. And to that credit card provider, they're allocating a certain amount of their money to you. And if you're not using it, you're not making them money. And after so many months or years, I don't know, of being inactive, they will cancel your card, close your account, and that will hurt you. So the trick here is you want to be active on all your credit cards My trick is I started experimenting with credit card turning. I only did one extra card. But my trick is you take one subscription you have or one bill, you throw on that card, put on auto pay every month, and then set and forget it. So that's one trick. And I think also if you have the Discover It card and you don't want to use it anymore because it's not getting you as many points, I would just put like your electric bill on it or your cable bill, Wi-Fi bill on it auto pay it and then set and forget it and then go use your more strategic credit cards for all your other purchases hell yeah do you have any other hot takes i had one more go for it this is my hottest take i saved the last one the best one for last spicy yeah (laughs) so this is a bold credit card move but i've seen it done before and i think it can be strategic if you find yourself with an unexpected and extremely high bill that would nearly max out your emergency fund or even exceed 
what you have saved in your emergency fund, then consider opening up a friendly, no annual fee credit card that is offering 0% APR for the first 12 months. So I have an example of when this was utilized. My cousin bought a house and after like the first year living there, her HVAC and her water heater blew out in the same week, which those two things are very expensive. I don't know what her bill was for this, but I'm assuming it was like very, very big, like more than she was anticipating in one week. So she had a contractor come out, replace them, but the contractor offered for her to pay in full or she could pay on his payment plan over 12 months. However, there's interest on that payment plan. She decided to open up a credit card with 0% interest for the first 12 months and then put the HVAC and a water heater on that card and then pay it off slowly over the 12 months without having any interest. The trick here is I think you want to pay off before 12 months. Try to pay it off by the 11th month because sometimes credit cards will do retroactive interest on you and it can get sticky. Read your terms and conditions, but I've seen that be done and I think that can be strategic. You just have to be responsible and you have to know that after you're done paying off your big purchase, you need to keep that card open. Go throw another subscription on there. Go put your Netflix on that credit card. Set it and forget. That's my last hot take. Hell to the yeah. I love these. And I think too, when you're looking for what kind of credit card to get, where to get it, let's say you don't want any of the ones that we mentioned in the referral which is totally fine it might not necessarily be the best for you or the best at this time there are many websites where you can research which card is best for you the first is creditcards.com the second is comparecreditcards.com and my personal favorite is nerdwallet.com we've mentioned it in earlier episodes but it's honestly my favorite website in the sense it lets you compare contrast like gives you like literally the list of best credit cards best credit cards for travel best credit cards for student best savings accounts whatever it is any question you have nerd wallet is the best and so once you finish researching you can apply through the company website of the card that you like for example if you like a chase card you can apply through chase's website make sure you're applying through a legitimate website which is why i'm saying this like there are scammy things out there so just make sure you're not just clicking around on anything and entering your social security and things like that and then once you are approved and receive your card, make sure to read the fine print. You want to make sure you're aware of any hidden fees or charges that may happen. So it's really important to familiarize yourself. And then the last thing I would say is spend wisely. Now that you have your credit card or once you get it, you do have the ability to make some painful financial mistakes. So start out slow by putting a couple of small purchases on your card if this is your first card until you're used to how it works. And then you'll be a pro in absolutely no time. That's everything I had, Maeve. Yeah, I just want to say... You might have noticed that we didn't talk a lot about how to redeem the points with your credit cards, and that's because Vatsa and I are going to do a whole separate episode on travel hacking and how we use our points itself. So just stay tuned. That will come in season two. Oh my god, it's our last episode of the season. It's our last episode. We have to do money moves. Yeah, I actually have mine, and I'm really excited about it. So I have a Poshmark account, and... It's been like dormant for so long. Like I have not gotten any hits. And the way Poshmark works is you have to constantly reshare your stuff to put at the top of the SEO. But Poshmark came out with a bulk sharing button so I can share all my listings at once. And I did that two times. Boom, sold two things. And I made $24 in a week just from my old clothes. 
That's awesome, dude. I'm trying to think, what did I do this week? I feel like I've, I want to say I feel like I haven't been spending money, but I feel like that's also kind of a lie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, I didn't use my points, but I helped my mom buy a flight ticket with her Chase Sapphire preferred points. And I did the whole thing where you compare what the airline is charging versus what the Chase portal is charging versus doing the whole transfer thing so I experimented with that for the first time so I would say that was my money move of the week and it was really cool it was kind of a lot of work but I feel like I'm like learning this points game and I feel like it's a relevant money move considering our episode today yeah so what was cheaper so it was cheapest to do a transfer to like British Airways because American Airlines isn't a direct partner of Chase and through British Airways which is so random I was able to book my mom's Columbus to New York flight and it was like half the amount of points, which is crazy. Oh my god. That's one reason why I don't like Capital One rewards as much is because their travel partners are not, they don't have the same breadth as Chase. Because even though they don't officially have American, you can still get American tickets through the partners they do have, you know? Totally. That's really cool though. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. But I'm also kind of emo about this being our last episode of the season. But that being said, follow us on Instagram, give us a review, and I can't wait to come back and do another season with you, Maeve. And and, and hopefully in the meantime, in our gap, we will have some fun content out on social media. Yeah, yeah. So Vatsa and I are taking a 12-week break. You'll notice that each season is going to be 12 episodes. So we're doing 12 weeks on, 12 weeks off. And we'll be back later this year. And... In the meantime, we're going to be working on our socials and we're still going to be active. So go see us on there. But thank you for all the support. We really appreciate it. This is one of our top goals of 2022. And we're just really excited that we did. We did it. Yeah, go us. But again, thank you all for your support and your kind words. I I really enjoyed doing this and I can't wait to continue doing more. You couldn't have said it better. All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you at the end of the year. Bye, guys.